Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Andra, how are we doing? Well, Richard, how are you? Um, yeah. <laughs> Very That's well. That's confused uh, everybody. That's confused everyone. <laughs> Uh, this, this, this podcast is, um, well, we're very grateful to Luis, our Portuguese techie genius, who's fixed yes. us up with the uh, ability to talk to each other. We're only about 120 miles apart in That's the true. UK. Um, but uh, this, as I say, this, this is a first. This is unusual, but we'll, uh, reminds, I've said this before with podcasts, reminds me of so many Fridays when you were yes. <laughs> I, I sat on my own in the talk sports studio. That was, that was the favourite, wasn't it, when, on that Friday, when you <laughs> used to do your book review, remember? I, and, I, I, we all know the story. You take your headphones off <laughs> and you, you go and make your cup of tea and listen. But you can't do that this time. No, uh, no, no, I'm here. I've got my cup of tea by my side. I'm not going to reveal who it is at this point, but our guest today is well worth a listen. Very funny guy. Okay. Um, a, a proper ref, Andy, I would describe Ooh, him as. Right. Who, who laughed. By the way, we found one. Well done, sir. Yes. But but this this one retired, would you believe, oh. in 2004. Wow. And we're still talking about him. Wow. Okay. Mind boggling. That's <laughs> extraordinary. <laughs> right. Okay. An eclectic mix because we weren't here last week for obvious reasons. And, and again, um, we, we missed a couple recently um, for the very same reason. And I think rightly so, Andy. But an eclectic yeah. mix of bits and pieces that I've managed to collect over the last uh, two weeks now. Wow. I shall okay. run, run past you. I'd like to get your thoughts a little later on a resurgent Scotland and a stuttering yeah. England. Um, I think both those things are worth talking about. But uh, here we go with, with our first article today. Painkiller of choice, Tramadol, faces a ban by WADA. Uh, the powerful painkiller behind harrowing stories of addiction in football and rugby uh -huh. is on the brink of being banned by the World Anti-Doping Agency. I mention that because I'll come back to it in just a moment. Right. But uh, this this is a drug that um, Chris Kirkland, uh, former commentary, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Commentary commentary and yeah. England goalkeeper, um, revealed that he'd been so addicted to that he came close to taking his own life. Wow. Uh, not before time, Andy, I would say. Uh, this little article here uh, from James Ducker, Northern Football Correspondent of The Telegraph, reveals that Manchester United have overpaid by £209 million, uh, driving <laughs> transfer deals uh, wow. upwards. Um, £209 mil. I, I would question that figure. You um, question that? You think it's more? 
yeah, I think it's near, nearer to nearer to the billion that they've spent wow. since By the <laughs> way, I thought these people passed the fit and proper test. If you ran any other business like, apart oh, from football yeah. like that, you'd be sacked. Of course you would. You'd be thrown you would, out. You miss you miss my point. Consider what they've bought since Fergie left. I'm saying they've wasted a billion, not two hundred and nine million. Oh, yes, you, you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're finding it difficult to find a positive signing. Then is that what you're saying? Well, yes. If you think, well, the, I mean, I suppose there have been one or two, haven't there? But you you wouldn't look back on the decade and say, "Wow, that was an unprecedented success." Yeah, I mean, if they've signed in the decade, what would they have signed? Maybe I don't know, fifteen. 20 players? Oh, more, more. Really? M- m- much more, much more. No. Well, oh, wait, uh, yeah, 10 uh, years, three a year, four a year, 40, I suppose. Yeah. 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 So, you, of those 40, who would you, how many would you say, just a percentage wise, would you say it's, it's been successful? <laughs> well, there are, there are doubts um, um, about Fernandez now. Can he or can't he play with Ronaldo? Will he or won't he? Uh, I've always just had him down as a as 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 posturing for the most part. Once we'd exposed this ridiculous run of penalties that they were on, Andy, yeah. you remember there were about eight yeah, in yeah, one yeah, yeah. season. He stopped yeah. scoring goals and he stopped influencing games. So I, I, I mean, I I don't. I, I listen. We'll come back to Maguire. Yeah. Okay. I I, I I think it's extraordinary that today's pundits, are Gary Neville, calling for him to go and get psychological help. Well, if you boys had back off him, he wouldn't need it. That's fair. <laughs> That's the help he wants. A little That's bit of fair. encouragement from the guys. I mean, Carragher's battered him this past fortnight. Why? Is he? Why? Well, Different- listen, people, people, and I watched both Gary and uh, Jamie, <laughs> no, uh, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher playing, and, you know, both never had careers where they never had bad spells in their lives. No, none of them no. did. None of them did. Not, no professional footballer ever has. And uh, listen, whether we think Harry Maguire and whether you fancy him or not, that's irrelevant. That's not the issue. The issue is that the kid's gone through a really t- tough time at the moment with form, with belief, yeah. with confidence. All the things you need to be a top player, he's suffering from a lack of right now. And yes, yeah. he does need, he needs, first of all, a good coach. Now, whether because of flipped coaches so often, that hasn't helped him. Maybe. And maybe Ten Hag can settle him and get him playing at his best. But no, the, the thing about football is everyone thinks footballers are immune to criticism. They're not. They're not. They're far from it. And in the world of social media where we live these days, the, the criticism is so stark. It's yes. so in your face. Um, it's not like I used to pick up a paper keys and say, uh, grey, two out of ten. And I used to put it down and think, well, all right, I'll be okay next week. You know, <laughs> Or grey had a, had a stinker. He missed two <laughs> or three very good chances. Then, then you put the paper down and that's it. <laughs> Now you pick up your your phone. There's memes about you. There's, yep. there's all the criticism comes from everybody on on Twitter. The keyboard warriors are having a field day, and I'm not just talking about Harry Maguire. I'm talking about every every footballer that's having a bit of trouble at the moment. And, and it's a harsh world we live in. But they do need some help. These people, the ones that are struggling, and that might be English problem at the moment going into the World Cup is that too many other players. We've talked about it in Qatar. You and I on being sports. Uh, many times, Keezy, you, you've, you've had a worry about this for a while, that too many England players are not playing regularly, are not playing up to the form going into a World Cup that you need when you look at the likes of Brazil and Argentina and the likes mm. who, are, who are blowing teams away. Now, they might, that might be peaking a little too early and maybe Gareth Southgate has paced his arrival at the World Cup in Qatar in November perfectly and they arrive in top form. But they need people like Harry Maguire, you know, Criticism's difficult, and unless you're mentally strong, and I mean mentally strong, criticism can affect you. 
Well, let, let, let me just uh, let me let me just make the point that the two guys that have had most to say on this subject you've named Gary Neville, um, uh, who, who, who are, these two boys would, would appear to be immune from criticism, and if, if if you turn the tables on them, they don't like it. Let me just say this, Gary Neville. It's as far as I'm concerned, Andy, wrong on just about every major issue that he's ever discussed. And Jamie okay. Carragher, Jamie, the difference between you and Harry Maguire is Harry wants to play for his country. He didn't quit and walk oh, away. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Have that then. <laughs> uh, UEFA could include MLS and a revamped Super Cup. American teams could take on the Champions League winners and a revamped UEFA Super Cup. Uh, we're not okay. surprised, are we? No. They want more games, not less. So, <laughs> And also... <laughs> We're edging, Andy, towards that, 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 that formula that I said years ago, again, at B in Sports. I, that, that we're heading into a, an era where, particularly with another American owner about to turn up, Bournemouth, 10 that is now in the Premier League. Yeah, These guys want to make money. The best way to make money, play football matches in different parts of the world. That's what they're trying to do. Good yeah, luck, Andy, to a friend of ours. Like We've spoken to him on this show, uh, Charlie Adam, who's announced his retirement uh, at oh, 36. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck, Charlie. Charlie. Uh, no, he's great. a great lad. He's a great lad, Charlie. Yeah, well, get, listen, good luck, Charlie. I know that day's like that first day of after you've announced your retirement. It's a, uh, to you, it's a very sobering day and you think, wow, I'm never going to feel that again. Uh, it's strange, but good luck, whatever you do. Uh, Mansfield become the first EFL club to move a match forward to reduce lighting and heating bills. It's a big, big concern to teams in Leagues 1 and 2 yeah. and worth yes. keeping an eye on. Uh, back to the subject we were just discussing here. Manchester United admit payouts to get rid of Solskjaer and Ralph Rangnick cost them £24.7 million. How, how can that be the case? How can Ranyik, that be? Andy, Rangnick sacked four months into a three-year contract. I know. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I might have got this wrong then. I assumed, and, and, and a something, assumption being the... the, the, the <laughs> the reason of all cock-ups. Um, I assumed that Ranić had signed a deal to the end of the season and then a deal would be then discussed should he have been impressive and then a deal would, would have been discussed if he hadn't been. I didn't no. think he was given a three-and-a-half-year deal right at the start. Yes. <laughs> it's just mine. I, I don't think we knew that. Honestly, Keezy, I don't have any... <laughs> I, I only else thought Ranić got it to the end of the season. He's got six months to impress. And then if they if he does well, they'll rubber stamp it. I can't believe they committed three and a half years. Wow! Because because of the excitement about the 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 the, the appointment of Eric ten months, I, I think we all lost track of that. Uh, it, the, the aforementioned Fernandez, Paul Parker's had a right whack out here. Um, very selfish Fernandez slammed and told Manchester United fans wish he'd joined Spurs. He came out recently and said he was disappointed that the opportunity to go to Tottenham, which came first when he was at Porto didn't actually materialise. And Paul Parker has said, um, makes sense, Manchester United overpay for all the players they've signed recently, but it probably would have been better to see him go to Tottenham because Manchester United are too big of a club for him in the sense that you can see how rubbish he plays when things ain't going right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you know what? I, I, apart, apart from the amazing football stadiums and, and pitches that the guys play on and the money that they get, I'm so glad, I'm so glad I played in my time. <laughs> By the way, I watched YouTube the other night. Uh, right. Everton, Everton, three-two at Newcastle. Sharp, yes. le sharp left out. Yes, for an Andy Andy Gray, who Howard Kendall said had played well in the reserves that week, 
and deserved a chance to start. Nine, really? 18, 89 minutes, grey winner in a 3-2. Correct. I remember it. I, I yeah. roomed with Sharpie that day. That was the day I persuaded, that was the weekend I persuaded one of Everton's greatest ever centre-forwards, as he turned out to be, not to put a transfer request in. I knew you were going to say that. You haven't told me that, but I knew you were going to say that. Honestly, because Graham, Graham had started, see, I'd been injured. Yeah. Graham started the season and then I came back from injury and was fit and how I thought, I'm going to put Andy straight back in. And he told Graham, I'm leaving you out and playing Andy an inch. <laughs> and of course, Graham went ballistic to me in the, in the room. I, I'm fed up. I'm not having that, Andy. I'm not, play, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing him on Monday. I'm, I'm putting a transfer request. I say, Shappy, Shappy, please, promise me. Please, please, please. I'm older than you. I'm a little, little bit more wiser than you. I said, my, and how prophetic were these words to him? I says, football can change very, very quickly, pal. Just be patient. Promise me yes. you'll be patient. What happens? I score the winner and I do my metatarsal all in one game and I'm out for eight weeks. Chappie's back in and him and Inchie went to become the two best front men in the country. <laughs> so that, that was the game in which you tried to top Glenn Roder then on, on Inchie's behalf? Yes. 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 I, yeah. I confess to kicking Glenn Roder, but I, I actually didn't quite time it perfectly and, and I kicked his, the bottom of his boot with his six aluminium studs there <laughs> having told and she come up to me and said and he keeps kicking me I says okay so I'll sort it out in a minute so leave it to me <laughs> <laughs> so I tried he was about to pass it back to the goalie and I thought oh this is my chance and I went flying in and I mistimed it because just as I made contact his boot come up and I smashed the, the six aluminium studs he had in the back <laughs> of his bottom of his boot my metatarsal snapped so that was good doesn't surprise me to learn, son, that you were still on the pitch and scored the winner. Um, well, there you go, son. Yes, you got it. Didn't go off. Yeah. No, no, no chance. No. Casper uh, Schmeichel, uh, just proof that the grass isn't always greener. The move to Nice is turning into something saw of that. a nightmare for him. Saw that. Uh, Jim Ratcliffe's club concerned at his very high body fat percentage. What? Uh, yes. Uh, it, 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 he's told the owner he wants to be number one, which at the moment he isn't. And apparently he's ignoring squad rules, causing him a little bit of trouble. Wow. Uh, we, we have to say at this point, Casper Schmeichel has not had the right to answer these allegations no. on this podcast, uh, but that's what they're saying. Glazers pocketed twenty-three million um, again last year, despite a hundred and fifteen million pound <laughs> loss for Manchester God, United. The only surprise is it's only twenty-three million. Yeah. God, <laughs> this I loved. One of my favourite players, West Ham, who un- I, I, I haven't always agreed with all the decisions that they've made. But this Mark Noble, you're about to say, yes. I'm guessing. Yes, yes, back as sporting director. What a very sensible appointment that is. Yeah, it's great, lad. Another one. You know, c- continuing the link between, not the, not the old and the new, but the, the, the what West Ham is all about and the new. And I think that's so important. Can you imagine? Um, uh, David, can I see you in my office um, about three o'clock this afternoon? Now, there were a couple of occasions last year I felt I should have played. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, back really. to United wage bill has rocketed to 384 million wow 384 million is that just is that just player salaries that must be the whole club yeah, yeah that's player salaries uh, oh, wow. Sui of course who had a little whack at your mate Jack Grealish um, that's not that R- Richard, yeah. Richard, players are far too mollycoddled these days. I, <laughs> I wrote a blog this week, Andy, pointing out to him that that, that has always been the case. Yes. It's just that these days, the criticism is more profile. I reminded oh, yeah. him of the occasion he followed Kenny up the tunnel 
Adams. Remember that <laughs> that tunnel used to go down to the dressing rooms. Yes. Uh, you, you, you you know left to the dressing rooms if he came Correct. to reception, right to yes. Bob's office. Yes. Kenny came up. Hey you. Yeah. What, what do you mean a redheaded goal? I said I beg your pardon. Yeah. Well, you said redheaded goal. Uh, what he was referring to was that I'd been to Wrexham the previous weekend <laughs> and, and they, they played a friendly and he scored the third. And I said in a match report, a rare-headed goal from Kenny Dalgleish. Which is a fact. Yeah, well, it was a fact. Well, no, it wasn't. He went on to then, all of the headed goals that he had ever scored in his career, <laughs> he went on to list. And I just, That's scary. Oh, yeah, it, but they were all the same. All no. the same. Never been any different. This interested no, me. Football chiefs have condemned 15 players for quitting Spain's women's team in protest at the coach, George Wilder. Now, th th that's the story. Just, just let's just dig a touch and, and discuss. Right. Th this has happened, I think, in the men's game an awful lot. Difference is players just down tools. These women have said, nah, we're not having him, so we're not playing. We're, we're going on strike. I just wondered if it was a precedent, Andy, that the boys might consider going forward was worth following. What, what level? Every level? Yeah. Wow. I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. If, if, if England footballers heading to the World Cup on mass said 10 of them walked out and said, we can't play for Gareth Southgate. What, what, well, I, I, I suppose in a way the French have, have kind of been there, haven't they? The French did it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I mean, I listen, we do, the one thing we do know is that the power of the professional footballer these days is, is massive, Richard. It's, it's, it's way above, apart from the odd exception, it's way above the power of any coach. Um, certainly 90% of the coaches would, would come second to play a power. Uh, yeah. and, and most spheres of, of football life. So, I, I mean, I think when you think down, you, you think, well, are we surprised? Not really, because that's the, that's the power of the footballer that, that the footballer has over the coach. The days of, I think, Fergie, um, Arsene, Guardiola, Klopp, they're the two modern ones who I would say are probably exempt from this. Um, you know, you even look at Thomas Tuchel and people like that who've won Champions Leagues and, and just lose the dressing room, lose the players. And I know the players haven't come out and said, Tuchel must go. I mean, these guys that lose the dressing room, as, it, as the modern phraseology is, they've lost the dressing room. Well, that's just the same as, you know what? We don't fancy him, so we're not playing for him. It's very much exactly. that. And I exactly. think there's only a couple exempt from that. And, that, and that's the two I named. I can't think of anyone else. Maybe Arteta at the moment at Arsenal would be exempt from that. But the, the two big boys, Guardiola and Klopp, are probably the two who are exempt from any kind of player power. I've nothing to add to this, and I know you won't have, um, but good luck following the story if, if, if you are. Um, Paul Pogba's brother uh, claims that Pogba paid a witch doctor to neutralise Kylian Mbappe uh, because he was getting too many headlines and becoming the star of the French national team. It, it, it's an extraordinary tale, and, and we haven't heard the last of it yet. We really it's, haven't. Can I just, if you don't want to talk about it, remind me, but... Didn't that happen in, in the Premier League with a, with a team? We yes, well, I, 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 yes, it did. It happened with Alan Pardew at Newcastle United. That's it. To, That's and, it. And Pard, Pard's told us it was brought to his attention that one had put a spell on the other. Uh, yes. And, and, and in order to protect the, 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 the spell, had, had taken his boots home every day with him. And Pards, of course, when it came to his note, he had no idea. I don't think any of us did. But, no. but it, it did turn out that that was the case, yeah. Um, I forget the name of the two boys up top. One scored with a screamer at Stamford Bridge once. And, uh, oh, Denver Denver yeah, yeah, was one. Yeah, they were nip and tuck for who was going to wear the nine jersey. And, uh, one uh, one, yeah, one yeah, put a spell on the other. Yeah, that was the allegation. That was it. Um, I remember that. Uh, 
the FA putting forward its proposal for a, a, a regulator, which which would uh, see off government in, in intervention. Andy, government intervention in football? No, I'm no. sorry. No. Governments get bigger fish to fry than football <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Keep their eyes out for the Dutch at the World Cup final. LVG really? Now got a, to fancy yes. them? No, oh, wow. LVG has got a volleyball coach and uh, is is um, is is using him to get into the heads of goalkeepers to to. Well, I mean, if we remember he changed his keeper, didn't he? In, yeah, in one tournament, yeah. he later admitted for no good reason other than just playing mind games. But yeah. uh, he's now got this volleyball coach. He's apparently a bit of a character, um, getting into the heads of his keepers who will come up with something special at the World Cup. Apparently, to put off um, penalty takers. Don't know quite what it is or. Don't really well, follow it too too closely. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll try the, the Bruce Grobelar, the Bruce Grobelar goal. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now this was interesting. I know what you're going to say about this, but 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 don't because you're on side. I know you are in the general uh, conversation about this. Um, that special match recently was played without heading. Um, uh, you, you know, we've discussed this a lot. Yes, yes. Um, and and this game was played recently. Uh, head for change. Um, it, it was organised by and another guest, Andy, Professor Willie Stewart, that we've had on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. much a part of it. Uh, it. It wasn't so much. I don't think he goes on to say here to, to prove it could be done, but more to raise awareness, and, and and they have done, and that's why I mentioned it because it, it is something dementia and, and, and sport in general um, that it that, that that is an issue, and it was a it was an interesting uh, during the international layoff. It was an interesting experiment, and. Uh, I'm happy to talk about it. So there we are. We have easy. Absolutely. Listen, the age I'm at, the amount of balls I headed, I, I, dementia is very, very much not ever far away from my thoughts. And particularly when I get, I've had so many calls in the last, I would say, 18 months talking about uh, subjects, players that I've played with in my era who who never headed a football. Yeah. And who are who are suffering from dementia. It's it's and it's it's staggering. When I, did they when play? I, did they play head tennis, Andy? Did they? Did they head footballs in training? No, I'm I mean, talking. The, the, I'm talking the, like people like Alex Cropley. You know, I bet he was a head tennis player. I bet he. Yeah. I bet he. I bet he stayed back. Do you know what? He he, he he did play head tennis. He there must you have go. Had brilliant feet, especially his left foot. Yeah, but not not to the extent where, you know, a little flick over the net with a with a glancing header at head tennis is is no. Same yeah. with Terry Mack. That, yeah. that repetitive, constant movement, that 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 heading of that ball over what? How long did they used to play Terry and King Kev afterwards? Hours. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I think the only know, thing that's probably keeping me all right is I know I was useless at tennis. So yeah, yeah. I never and I've kept you on, and I, I keep you on your toes with a succession of these tales. Ah, Thomas do, Tuchel. I'm quoting um, Martin Samuel here, but this story I read in many papers. Thomas Tuchel, who lives in Surrey, his daughters go to school there. Um, uh -huh. uh, he arrived on a governing body endorsement visa in January 2021 to work in our country. Right. Uh, from the day he got sacked, he had only 90 days for that, for that visa um, Yeah, to be current before it expires. He's got to go by December the 6th. As Martin says here, schools won't have broken up by then. Given the volatile yeah. nature of management, seems very harsh that we say thank you very much. Off you go. Um, yeah. Again, give it some thought. Whoever's doing making the rules, you have to give some thought to things like that. That's 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 ridiculous. I tell you, who's making the rules? Who? I tell you, government rules. We're out of we're out of the European Community. Um, oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, you're right. Watford, 
basket case. Absolute <laughs> basket case. Welcome <laughs> back, Slavin Bilic. They've sacked the coach. How yes. can they do that? How well, can they do that? Because they're completely and utterly mad. They're a bonkers yeah. basket case club. And Graham Taylor would be ashamed if he knew he would be. the manner in which his By football the way, club I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Days. Elton's association is still as strong as it is. Well, I, I, Slavin Bilic, think the world of him. Great. Um, but but yeah, what 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 are Watford thinking about? Honestly, it's just nonsense. But uh, here's one that really got my blood boiling. Go on, Rafa the way it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot these days. <laughs> Rafa Benitez. Oh, here we who's go. Who's blamed being a red? He was. I was a red, so I couldn't get things done. Really? Well, what, what would that include, Rafa? Getting rid of the head of uh, football, Marcel yeah. Brands, which was a yeah. big decision that he made. Selling yeah. selling the left fullback. Uh, yeah. Dina, who was Dina. a great lad, and, and and not one word of him being trouble has ever come out of Aston Villa, no. which it wouldn't, no. but he, he tried to tarnish his reputation. Yeah. He was hopeless as a manager of Everton. His best days, whatever they were, are long since behind him. And to come out with this nonsense is is just well, we know we know why. He's put his name yeah. up for the Leicester job. So he yeah. wants profile. Well, you yeah. know, you've, you've got profile. Rafa, no, I'm sorry. You should never have taken the job. You nope. trashed your reputation with Liverpool by doing so, and you trashed your own reputation by telling us that you're really not very good anymore. There yeah. you go. <laughs> That's Honestly. fair. Yeah, he lost his job because he wasn't good enough anymore. You're quite right. His best days um, were way before the Chinese Super League um, took him on board. And even in the Chinese Super League, he proved he couldn't hack it there. Um, Correct. He didn't fail at Everton because he was, he's a he's a red. He failed because he's not very good anymore. Well, well, well how dare he come out and say now he's red during yeah. his time there? He yeah. was he was quotes doing something for the people of Merseyside. I mean, what's he think he is? Some kind of messiah? Fool, <laughs> <laughs> Andy. Uh, no. I uh, this I did check out yesterday. It's simple. Don't know why the mail didn't. Uh, Jose Mourinho's 2006 Premier League medal that he threw into the crowd actually belongs yes. to Robert Huth. Uh, no, it didn't. Um, this was a story that was, uh, uh, just, um, if you remember the uh, the announcer, yeah, I remember Stanford Bridge Spy, um, said it wasn't his. It was it was Robert Huth, and Mourinho threw it away because Robert was being uh, a nuisance at the time, wanted to get out, and uh, Mourinho just went nothing. Uh, Absolutely, you can I'm, imagine. I'm guessing, I'm guessing you spoke to Robert. Of course, when I put yes. this Robert, his yes, response you, was very colourful. So, so I won't use the words that he responded to me with <laughs> immediately. What I will say is he did go on to make the very good point that nobody has got a right to throw anybody else's medal away like that. His oh. medal is safe and well with him, and this story is utter nonsense. Why yes. the Daily Mail, Oliver Salt, didn't actually pick a phone up and say, Robert, is this right? And, and I, I, I'm, It's a very simple thing to do. Of um, course I Three basic rules, Andy. What did I tell you many times? Check. Check, check, yeah. and check again. I think you said there's a yeah, journalist matter. And, and check again. Right. And okay. never, <laughs> the more important one you've taught me, never reveal your sources. <laughs> <laughs> oh, coming back to the drug story, uh, Professional Footballers Association has expressed concern over sleeping pill dependencies as whistleblowers warn that the usage is still surging throughout the game. Now, not for sleeping, Andy which I know uh -huh. you, you never did anyway, but these sleepers apparently, according to uh, Ryan Cresswell, yeah. he, he, he is talking of stories that players mix the pills with alcohol at parties. Several wow. Premier League and international players, he said, are said to take the concoction in a bid to create a euphoric high that will not lead to a drugs ban. That's really 
scary. That is scary, and, by the way. And the three reporters here, Mike McGrath, Tom Morgan and Jason Burt, top class, top end guys, um, wow. that wouldn't, wouldn't be reporting this if there were not somebody no. in that. that well, that's, that's a worry. That's yeah. seriously worrying. Yeah, and yeah. That, that I mean, I, I got my I got my euphoric high quite simple by scoring a goal. That was there was nothing <laughs> gave me a more euphoric high than that. I have to be honest. Well, on that subject, didn't you once didn't you once make mention of that to a partner? Well, the best feeling in the world. Yes, yes. How did that? I did, I did have to say that. <laughs> you know, the best the, the best feeling in the world that could never be replaced was scoring a goal in, in a football match. And my partner said, "But well, what about?" Making love to me, I said, well, that's a close second, but, you know. <laughs> I'll still be able to do that. But when I'm I not couldn't get out of it. It was, just, it was just that, like, you know, it was just, uh, I kind of thought, well, I did okay then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Now then, briefly, before we talk to our guest, England, I think we've done, Scotland? Ah, oh, terrific. Um, watched all the games. Um, I, I just texted a, a, a pal of mine. Um, and a pal of ours in Qatar, um, Ian, and uh, just happened to say, like, what, what, a, what a great week for Scottish football. It's been a long time, Richard, since I can remember it being such a positive week um, and, and three positive results, important games, big games that we needed to get particular results in. We needed to win two and draw one. Um, and we did, and and yeah. it was, there was a there was a maturity and a belief about us. I, I don't think it's any coincidence, in my opinion. I've always said this about Scotland recently, and it's not just Steve Clark, previous coaches as well. Their obsession with playing three at the back. Yes, there are going to be times when Scotland have to do that because of what we are, but it was very noticeable that he scrapped that for these three games. Played a back four, was more aggressive, um, was more, certainly in the first two games against Ukraine at Hamden and, and Ireland. The they were more aggressive. They were more on the front foot. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, they look like a threat. We look like we could create chances, and, I, and I've not seen that for a long time. So I was, A, delighted the way that Steve went about it because he, again, has taken a lot of criticism for, for failing gets to the World Cup. But what, what he's done in the last three games and the players have done has been has lifted. It's lifted the whole nation, to be honest with you, Keezy, because Good. it was just so nice to sit here for a week. I watched seven days, three games, all with my country playing, all needing big wins. And and some adversity. We started badly against Ukraine, but absolutely battered them. We started not great against Ireland, went behind, but still were good enough to come back and win. And then we went to Ukraine and and, and got a really and played really professional and savvy football, is what I would call it. It's the hardest thing in the world in football is to go away or even play at home. That's Liverpool in '89 and and get a draw and say we only need a draw. It's the hardest thing in the world to get your players to to do the right thing, and the and the players and Steve did brilliantly. It was a, it was a mature performance in Ukraine. It wasn't in Ukraine, obviously. I think it was in Poland, wasn't it? And yeah. Krakow. I was in Krakow. Um, so it was great. It's been a big, big week, lovely week. I'm just so gutted that we're not taking this form or bringing this form to Qatar to be with us this winter. Yeah, I I, I think any I, I always say this. Yeah, I think any any sensible Brit wants to see our our national teams do well and, yeah, and I yeah. concur. And I was I was I was not as obviously pleased as you, but very happy to see the Scots taking big steps in the right direction this past week. Great. And I and I know that the Scots are going to say, oh you condescending English prick. I, I'm not. I mean, no, 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 I know, no, no. I I, I one or two make easy and I get that. But no, I think that that there was genuine. It's certainly out you and I, well, I live in England when I'm here. So I I have lots of my children were born in England. So you know it's uh it's one of those that now I think people are generally pleased. All the texts I've had from pals in England about how impressed they were with Scotland, how delighted they were. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, it makes a good change instead of yeah. getting battered. Very happy. Right, let's talk to our guest. Um, I, I remember him most for taking a ball. Yes, me too. To, to, to the back of his head at Anfield one night. Um, the, the guilty party was Dean Windass. Dean Windass, who, who, yeah. Who was annoyed at a decision had gone against him, and I think it was Hull, and rattled this ball into the back of Jeff Winter's head. Now, to be fair to Jeff, he could have reacted very differently. He just stood there like a bloke, took it, wasn't bothered by the incident. Don't go looking for trouble, Jeff. So that must have gone through his mind. But but we get a chance now, Andy, to talk to him about it. Many other things. Uh, a guy that frustrated us and uh, delighted us in equal measure <laughs> with the whistle, but I would say was genuinely... Honest, and, and I tell you, if we get the chance to have a chuckle with him, you will find him an extremely funny. <laughs> Jeff, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Excellent. And by the way, thank you for doing this, Jeff, and it's good to speak to you after such My a pleasure. long time as well. And that, the thing to... about you, Jeff, is that all those years I never spoke with you, I shouted. At you. <laughs> you weren't the from only lofty, one, Andy. <laughs> from a lofty place up in my gantry. Yeah, oh, come you, on, Ref. Not another decision <laughs> like that. <laughs> but, 
but Jeff, that was that was in an era, and I, I, I you, you, you hung your whistle up in two thousand and four, didn't you? Yes. And we're still talking about you. That that <laughs> tells me you made an impact, for better or worse. And I like to think better. You made well, an tell, impact. Tell tell the truth, Andy, because I think <laughs> when we last spoke, you said at the time we thought you were a bit of a knob, Jeff, but. Um, <laughs> All these years on, we perhaps realised you weren't as bad as we thought you were. Well, there you go, Jeff. It's what Keezy and I were talking about earlier, about people having perceptions of people they don't know. And you can only make a judgment when you meet them. And I said, of course, I couldn't have been alone and, and people thinking you were a knob at that particular time when you were well, a referee. Me, I mean, to, sorry, be quite, to be quite honest, that is never, ever going to change. I've always... Exactly. Referees are have been and always will be the pantomime villains. So, yes. you know, I mean, the little frustrated husband who doesn't say boo to a goose for seven days a week, he goes <laughs> to the football and he screams abuse for 90 minutes. And who's the easiest target? The referee. Oh, yes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter with football fans because I've gone back now to being a football fan like I was many, many years ago before I took up the whistle. And fans aren't interested in what is right and what is wrong. They're interested in decisions being given and going the way of the team they support. So the right. referee's always going to be the, you know, the aim of abuse and derision. Right. Well, let, yeah. let, let me let me just continue on that theme. I, I, as, as I mentioned to Andy earlier, Jeff, I was watching a lot of YouTube football last night and um, it, screaming at me was a match between Coventry and Charlton at Highfield Road. And I thought, oh, I, I was there. I'll, I'll, I'll remind myself about that. First John goal, Aloisi. Yeah. First goal should not have stood. Hedman has, has his hand on the ball and the ball is between his hand and the surface, but you gave it. And then you sent Aloisi off instead of that knob Danny Mills. What were you thinking? Well, hindsight is a wonderful thing. I can't recall the first incident. Um, I mean, I only refereed for 25 years, so <laughs> one mistake in 25 <laughs> years, I suppose. I'm going to have to take that on the chin because you're, you know, you're a learned football man, and if you were telling me I got it wrong, I got it wrong. Um, <laughs> you could, to be fair, Jeff, you... You couldn't see it, to be fair. So, couldn't that's see a lot of things. Um, on the second one, it does feature on my the story of Danny Mills does feature, and that incident with John Aloisi uh, does feature on my after dinner act. Ah. And I think I say then what um, I should have thought at the time. <laughs> if I'd known it was Danny Mills and how he was going to turn out, I mightn't have seen that elbow. <laughs> 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 it's great, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, ab absolutely. And and those that haven't followed the Winter versus Mills saga should do. And and Jeff Winter is available for after dinners. Uh, and it, it, if you wish, and I would uh, to, to any corner of the globe. It's it just a very funny man. Um, Keith, can I ask Jeff a quick one? On just yeah, go on, Jeff. What? It often I, we, talk, we talk and we, when we've retired from whatever profession we were in, particularly in football, um, and people look back and say, how was it in your day? It was better, but I enjoyed it then. It was more fun when I played. Certainly get the feeling with me as a player. I'm thinking since the um, VAR introduction, do you think you would have enjoyed, and I maybe use the word enjoyed loosely, but would you have enjoyed working in today's environment, do you think, with all the technology and all the crap that's around now, as opposed to when you did? 
I think it's the same as when we talk to former players and you say, you know, the old days, we sound like our granddads, but yeah, the good do. old days. Um, nowadays, they're on more money. They've got better conditions. And yeah, would yeah. we have liked that? Of course, we Take would that be human. Take that out of it. Taking that out of it, taking that out of it, I think in in my generation, you could have some banter with the players. If you came at me full of hell, effing and blinding, I could give you it back and we'd smile and we'd get on with it. We were allowed to man-manage games. We didn't have to throw red and yellow cards around like confetti. Would I have liked refereeing in this present area? era then no because i see referees now i mean the way i sum it up was in my day you could see players and referees yes screaming and shouting at each other but also a smile a wink and nowadays when did you ever last watch a premiership game um and see a referee ever smiling you know (laughs) it is now their jobs it is now their career their heads are on the line and everything else that goes with it i think Mm. the enjoyment's gone it's not a sport it's a business um and you know i know you i'm a i am a grandfather now and i sound like a grandfather you know back in my day and yes there was so (laughs) much wrong we made mistakes though and when they were screaming and shouting for video technology i went on record and said be careful what you wish for Um, because you know we haven't actually taken away the disagreement over decisions we've just now made it farcical because if you said (laughs) with that handball i don't know what a handball is and i do know if i was a footballer i would cut my toenails before i played football That could be the difference between seeing a world-class goal chalked off. I mean, this offside, goal line technology, the best thing that ever happened. Um, It proved that, you know, when people, pundits and commentators used to say, everyone in the ground could see that was over the line. Well, we now know everyone in the ground couldn't see it was over the line. (laughs) We're talking about millimetres and a ball driven in at 60, 70, 80 miles an hour. The naked eye cannot perform that quickly so brilliant goal line technology but you know seeing wonder goals and seeing players and spectators standing around is it a goal isn't it a goal and <laughs> looking at it from a referee's point of view i remember seeing um um atkinson martin atkinson very experienced referee he's stood on the pitch at um arsenal and there's a decision being looked at now i don't know whether i can use the language that came into my head so perhaps i won't the the expression on his face went it just looked as if his mind was going what the is going on here you know now i'm not saying the referee has got to be the be all and the end all and referees do need help you know on the thierry Henry type incident where it's on the blind side we can't see it but even now with VAR, you're still going to get Man United fans saying it was, Man City fans saying it wasn't, Rangers saying it was, Celtic saying it wasn't. You're not going to change that. And when you have your pundits on, who, by the way, everybody reckons should be allowed to referee the game. No, no, no. That would be fun. Not so much pundits, former (laughs) players, whatever. But 
that would be fun because it doesn't matter who makes the decision we're not getting universal agreement yeah. all we've done is kill the momentum kill the excitement kill what we as yeah. fans referees and players love about the game of football and if you take away our ability post-match to be able to talk about things and have a, a discussion a friendly argument did you think it was a penalty i did you didn't let's talk about it if you turn yeah. the game into yeah. a game of chess you kill it for me well we are it, great. I know, Andy, I told you you'd enjoy talking to him, Andy. I mean, he, he's mm. speaking our language. But two yeah, things yes. there, Jeff. One, one, the technology drives the decision-making. And if I'm Martin Atkinson waiting for Jared Gillette to tell me the decision I should have taken because he can see it again and I only saw it real-time on the pitch, I'm the guy making the call. I don't want technology to make my mind up for me if I'm an experienced ref of Atkinson's stature. That's one point. Two, I'll tell you why you wouldn't have wanted to work in this era, because you'd have had to work for Mike Riley. Well, <laughs> don't forget, don't forget, I worked alongside Mike Riley. <laughs> now, um, Mike is a, a nice man. I'm not going to go into a character assassination, but he's not one of the lads. He... No. He was, you know, they all often say about the FA and the authorities that, you know, you've got to be an FA man to be manager of England, etc. And to be in charge or involved in the refereeing hierarchy, you've got to toe the line. And Mike Riley uses his referees like that. Now, in the not too far distant future, Howard Webb is coming on board. Thank now, Howard, Howard Webb is a totally different character. But Howard Webb is still going to have his wages paid by the authorities. And those authorities, you know, um, the PGMOL, yeah. are basically run by the clubs. Um, you know, so if we have a clean-up campaign and the referees start sending more players off, the clubs will start complaining. It happened in my day. And yeah, then... You know, the clean-up campaign gets watered down, so it does need a shake-up. I certainly would be far happier working for Howard Webb than I would have been working for Mike Riley, but I don't think it's just going to change overnight. Well, what, what would your view, Jeff, be of being told by uh, Jared Gillette to go to a monitor? And you know, you know the moment that you're told that you're going to have to change your mind because... Mike Riley wants to, I suppose it's maybe he's chasing uniformity. I don't know. Um, but you, you know, as the referee goes, he's going to be told what he should be doing. Surely that's wrong. The, 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 the last decision has to be made by the man in the middle. Well, yes, I would have said so, because what I can't answer you, because I've ne it's never happened to me. But let's go back, Andy, to your playing days. Um, yeah. I make a decision, somebody else tells me I've got it wrong, so I change my decision. Now, there is a school of thought, and quite agreeable, I would think, where people turn around and say, well, we got the, the right decision, if that was the case, by the way. But I just think then, in a few minutes' time, as I make another decision, and isn't Andy Gray and all his teammates going to yes. be in my ear saying, Oh, yes. Are you sure, Jeff? You got the last one wrong, you know. And, <laughs> yes, you better believe and, it was. Yeah. And that's human nature. The yes. players are going to do that. And I think 
you know, it's difficult to answer it because if a referee categorically says, I don't want help, I don't need help, I'm the big man, I'm making the decisions, that does come across as slightly arrogant. And if you can be assisted where you have clearly and obviously made a mistake, usually because, you know, you're unsighted, you're in the wrong position, then nobody is going to turn around and say, I won't accept that help. But now, you know, the the, the splitting hairs and the looking yes, at minute yeah, thing. And as a referee, you, like a player, you know, a goalkeeper, Pope the other night, he had to stand and fall by his performance on the night. A referee has to stand and fall by his. And over, it was interesting when they looked at facts and figures, I think I read somewhere that 95% of the referee's decisions in a game of football are correct. No. Now, the, the, <laughs> the other 5% obviously cost managers the job. Nothing to do with the fact that the manager's on a 10-match run where his team haven't won. It's that <laughs> decision by the referee that costs the manager his job. So, you know, you can you can make facts and figures and numbers tell you anything. Well, that's what he does, as we by know. The way, by the way, Jeff, sorry I was I was a bit quiet there. I'm just picking myself off the floor after you saying they got 95% of the decisions right. <laughs> well, in my case, it was actually 5%, but, you know, I mean... <laughs> The better yeah, if, you made, if you made a decision that Alex Ferguson didn't like, were you facing the prospect of not refereeing Manchester United <laughs> for a period of time? Well, that was a very, very well-researched question, Mr. Keyes. <laughs> Thank you, um, like, like I said earlier, the big clubs do have, um, in, I presume in any country, not only England, they do have a massive say in the game. And maybe, maybe, but maybe it was just circumstance. But yes, I sent Roy Keane off at um, Southampton and I didn't referee Manchester United for a couple of years, which... <laughs> That might just be coincidence. I don't know. I don't believe Fergie had anything to do with that, Jeff. That's bang out of order. No <laughs> but I mean, what Fergie did very, very cleverly, and oh, yeah. I mean, Fergie, a great manager, a great manager for Manchester United, and I mean, he built and rebuilt Manchester United two or three times over, and you can't take anything away, but he was also very clever. And when he had, um, you know, post-match interviews, he was playing the mind games. You know, he would <laughs> say something like, do you know, we haven't had a penalty this season. And, and <laughs> he's hoping, he's not having to uh, go at Jeff, me for that. Jeff, Jeff, when he said that, it was only the second weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was actually at half time of the first game, but um, but what all he was doing, um, all he was doing was throwing doubt and throwing thought into the minds of referees, so that the next week, you know, those <laughs> I'm not the brightest person on God's earth. I don't know how the subconsciously you react to things. So if he's made these statements and they're all in the newspapers, Manchester United haven't had a penalty, then who knows, maybe a 50-50 the following week he gets. Oh, yes. And an article towards the end of one season, Sunderland, um, I think they played Sunderland, that, that might not be true, but the drawn and, you know, it was two lost points. And for no apparent reason, he castigated Alan Wiley and <laughs> criticised his fitness. 
And, you know, yes, I remember. And yeah. there was nothing in the game. And you left scratching your head and you're thinking, why has he done that? Or why has he picked on any other named referee? And I honestly believe that he knew four or five matches down the line, there was a title decider coming up against Arsenal. And if he had gone to town on a referee, he might get a charge. But the the powers that be would make sure that that referee didn't referee Manchester United again or any other team. Fergie wasn't the only one, you know, for the foreseeable future until any disciplinary action was taken. So indirectly, Fergie and others were picking and choosing their referees for the game. And um, I'm convinced that happened, Um, you know, and... (laughs) The f- I remember when I started refereeing, I'm going back to Parks and Gardens in, in Middlesbrough, and you used to get your appointments for the month. And the final Saturday of the month, I'd had this team, and it was, you know, it was thugs and vagabonds versus, the, you know, a worse, <laughs> a worse level. And this particular team had a terrible disciplinary record. And during the course of this game, I've booked about half a dozen and sent one off. And as I'm coming off at the end, the secretary said, you know, that was disgusting. Worst referee we've ever seen. And he put his match report, and I think I'd got one of my better marks that season, one out of ten. And um, (laughs) he told the fixtures secretary, we never want that referee winter again. So it was the last Saturday of the month. The fixtures came out for the following month. And um, following Saturday, seven days on, I'm refereeing the self and same team. <laughs> and, and the fixtures secretary turned round to the club's secretary and said, I appoint the referees, not you. Good. Now, I went and did the game. They were were falling over and apologising to each other. I think I'd give a free kick against them in 90 minutes. No (laughs) yellow cards, no red cards. You know, refereeing has won. Now, unfortunately, the people in charge of the referees at the highest level, they're so scared of the powerful clubs that they sort of, if a if a club had said the same sort of thing, oh, we better keep Jeff away from you know, yeah. Leicester City or any team um, for a few weeks until the dust dies down. And, you know, if you've got that power and that influence dictating, and y- you know, Andy, I think it's 10 times worse in Scotland because it's a goldfish ball. And right. throw, into, throw into the equation the conspiracy theories over who you suppose the referee's family or what religion they are, and yeah. it becomes a hundred times worse. You know, refereeing, good, bad, or indifferent, as bad as I was, or, or whoever's perception, you've got to have someone independent to referee a game of football. Otherwise, you haven't got a game of football. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And, um, as we're finding now with all the arguments for VAR, um, VAR was supposed to clear things up and make them better. Oh, good Ironically, in some parts of the world, they appear to have done that. But in England, or, or over here, where you've got... I, said, I touched on earlier, what's a handball? They kept changing it through a season. <laughs> well, you've got the, the, you've got a farcical situation this season in Scotland where VAR is being introduced halfway <laughs> through the season. 
which is an absolute joke. You know, well, they, Jeff, they are... Jeff, Jeff, just on that subject, I'm sorry, I, I know you're rushing and I want to get just two quick questions in because you've got to go. But uh, on that subject, we, we, we still use VAR in some FA Cup ties, but not others. How can no, that be? But, but what I want to know more than anything else is when that ball that Dean Windass had struck with that <laughs> hit the back of your head at Anfield. <laughs> Did you ever consider going over like the poor, late, great Paul Alcock, or or were you, because you were from the borough, determined to stand and just take it? I'm a borough lad, you know. We're not going down. We're a ball driven at you, 90 mile an hour. That's like a tap on the head in a club in Friday night. Not if you're a player these days, as it Jeff. Oh, no. <laughs> Did now, you know nowadays, who done it, I'd do, do a double somersault and milk it for what I could. <laughs> Did you uh, know? One thing, please, I want you. Oh, did you? I want to ask you one thing, Jeff, as well. On that, right? I get Middlesbrough, right? I get you support them, but Rangers. Ah, uh, no, sorry, no, no, no. You've got that wrong, Andy. Uh, he I? supports. He supports Rangers. Pen. Oh <laughs> dear me! I've had that question. I've had that question asked to me fifty-five times. There you have. 55 times I've had that question answered to me. And I'll supporting Rangers, as you know, Andy, Rangers aren't a Scottish club, they're a British club. Oh, yes. I've followed them from the days of Jim Baxter. And wow. um, okay. I, um, you know, during my refereeing career, I went up there for many European ties. Since wow. my refereeing okay. career has finished, it's gone a step further. I'm a season ticket holder up there. Brilliant. And I travel, I travel all over Europe watching them. All over Europe. I'm even going to Liverpool next Tuesday night. So, you know. <laughs> well, all I, all I can say, Jeff, if I'd have known it all those years ago, I would never have called you a knob. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> Not one of our own. Well, <laughs> I'm a blue nose knob anyhow. <laughs> Jeff, last, last question. Can't Did you know it was Windass? Oh. What I said at half time, I think you were at Sky at the time. We were. And um, the floor manager, I think it was Smarty or someone, came across at half time and said, um, You know, why didn't you send him off? And I said, Who was it? I said, I didn't know who it was. Think about <laughs> it. It came from behind me. Yeah. It he did, yes. He's kicked the ball in sheer frustration at the penalty decision. It's hit in the back of the head. And I've said, who was it? And they said, Dean Windass. I said, well, there you are then. I couldn't have been done on purpose because it was the only <laughs> shot he got on target all night. <laughs> uh, I repeat Love what it. we said earlier. Jeff Winter, proper bloke, proper ref, available for after dinner. Any which Absolutely. way you like and anywhere else in the world that you care to mention is yeah. available. Would that be fair, Jeff? I've loved coming out to Bahrain and I've done a few in your part of the world. And um, the great right. thing, it, it doesn't matter where. Yeah, Rangers through Blues, Andy, you'd like yes, that one. Been there. I've been there, uh, yes. Yeah, I know you have. Um, the thing is, wherever there's an audience, people love talking about football, even if yes. it's from, you know, an old-time referee, because we can always have a laugh, we can always have a, a reminisce, and we've all got opinions, so it's always good banter. Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. An absolute pleasure. My pleasure. Speak to you later, Thanks, guys. Jeff. Thanks, Here's Jeff. Me. See you, buddy. <laughs> I told you, Andy, what a good <laughs> lad. I'm, I, honestly, I, I, I could sit and talk to him all day and, 
unfair because we're not paying him. So if, if you want to hear more from Jeff Winter, just, as I've said, just get in touch. We'll steer you in the right direction. Pro- Absolutely. Pro- pro- proper blue nose. Proper blue nose. I mean, that staggered me. Honestly, I thought he would say, well, yeah, I just quite, I quite like looking at Rangers results, but I've been a supporter since Jim Baxter days. That's my days when I was supporting him. And I've been here and I've been there and I watch him even more now and I'm a season ticket holder. What? Yes. That makes him different to you. At least he's got a season ticket there. Exactly. Wow. Well, it's a bit difficult from Qatar, isn't it? <laughs> right. Speaking of which, I shall see you back there Friday uh, for the weekend on Being Sports. And, yeah. Oh, by the way, Friday, uh, uh, Saturday, are we, are we seeing, uh, are we haircutting Saturday? Uh, we, we are. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we've had a fortnight without a haircut. Right. And uh, in, your, in your case, I, I know I know what a mess you get into. Yeah, it's in my eyes. It's in my eyes. Take easy. Try to put some gel on. Over and out. Hope you enjoyed it. Right. Cheers. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.